What's up, Ray Pressure family? Super excited to come back another week and be able to communicate with you all. Um, listen, we are in week three of our summer series, which is entitled Fun Month. And this week we're hearing from Sean Pierce, which is going to deliver a message about something that is super important that all of us need to hear and grasp the truth about, and that is complaining. We hope this message blesses you, and if it does, Get this out to as many people as possible. Enjoy. I want to bring something to our attention that I feel like um, is super important. But if I'm honest, it's, it's often just not even talked about or it's often just acted as if it's not very important. It's not something that's actually very dangerous. And so um, before I get into that, happy birthday, Zaya, my boy. Me and Zaya be rocking every time uh, Jordan and Destiny are around here or we're together somewhere else. That's my boy. And so uh, definitely happy birthday to my guy. Um, Elaine, thank you for sharing. Also, Kaya, sis, uh, thank you for taking me down memory lane. Uh, it's definitely just crazy how um, we met. And then obviously um, it's been a relationship that has grown over the last, wow, 10 years now. And so that's crazy. And so, yeah, super excited uh, for just to see where you're at and see all the things that you're doing with your family and with my boy Cross. And so, um, listen, let's jump right into this. And so I want to come from the book of Exodus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one, uh, two verses and then I'm going to jump right into it. And so Exodus chapter 16 Exodus chapter 16, uh, verses 7 and 8. Also, let's do 9 as well. So 7, 8, and 9. So Exodus chapter 16, verse 7, 8, and 9. And this is what it reads. It says, in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the, mor in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel, present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And we're going to stop right there. Actually, let's read it one more time. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, first and foremost for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the ability that we even have to freely come and gather across the world to be able to talk about you, to be able to get fresh bread, to be able to get fresh manna for our lives, to be able to live our lives 
in the way that you intended, God. We just thank you for this month that you've allowed for us to be um, in what we call a fun month to just talk about different uh, things that you bring to our heart that you show us in your word that uh, would benefit us not just today, but for the rest of our lives to really align our lives um, to live out the fullness of what you created for us to live out and avoid the things in which we can learn to be able to not have to deal with certain things that oftentimes we deal with that you never intended for us to have to deal with God for your word says in the New Testament that the Old Testament is for our learning is for our instruction is for us to be able to grab things that we see that we shouldn't do and apply to our lives to stay away from the consequences that come with those things with those things and so God we just thank you God and I just pray that the message that goes forth today, God, that you would speak through me, Lord God, and that your words will be heard and that it will be your words that stick to our heart, uh, that are tattooed to our heart. And so as we live, we will live from that. And God, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And I pray that you forgive us for the sins known and unknown. I pray that you continue to transform us from the uh, top of the head to the sole of our feet. And God, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, listen, I want to literally title this, this message three words, and these three words is, it's a trap. And I know uh ain't a word, but it's a trap. It's a trap. And so, if we think back the last uh, two weeks, um, I brought a message the first week that I came from the same book, and I talked about uh, the perspective of the wilderness and I talked about how sometimes we look at a season that God is bringing us out um, in a way in which is not consistent with the real reason why he brought us out and the things in which he wants us to grab from the season and with the wrong perspective you'll walk through a time in life not getting out what you should get out of it that's preparing you for what's next simply because of how you looked at it simply because you didn't see it from the eyes uh, of Jesus, but you've seen it from your own eyes. You've seen it from your flesh. You've seen it from what you thought you deserve. You've seen it from what you thought you should be able to do. And so we talked about that. And I made an emphasis that although the wilderness seems bad, but the wilderness really is an invitation for three things. And that list that I gave was not the and it's not all the things that the wilderness gives, but it's three things that I felt like the Holy Spirit has shared with me uh, specifically to be able to share with y'all and with myself. And so the first thing I shared was the wilderness is a, is a, is a season, it's an invitation for intimacy. That the children of Israel came out of 430 years of uh, Egyptian bondage and went into a season where uh, they got to see sides of God and got to actually go and worship God and see him in a way that they never got to see him before. That it was an invitation that God was giving them to be able to see him on different sides of him that they would never would have been able to see if they did not go through this season. I also said the second thing was uh, the wilderness was an invitation to healing and restoration. That many times you come out of a season not even knowing the, the damage in which that season did to you. And it takes God to take you through a season to be able to not just help you to realize the damage that you've gotten from the past season, but help you to realize that he's the one that can heal you as you go through this next season. Only if you see it as such. Because you avoid healing and restoration if you don't even know you need it. Or if when it's brought to your attention, you don't take it as a chance to actually look at it as a, a space to be healed and restored. And you look at it as a space of uh, 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 punishment. You look at it as a space of, uh, it wasn't, what I'm feeling didn't come from last season. What I'm feeling is coming from that right now. If you don't see it from the perspective that the wilderness is, a, is an opportunity to heal and be restored for what's next, 
you'll miss out on it. So you'll drag things into the next season that God wanted to get out of you and redefine and help you to heal and restore from in the wilderness. The last thing I said was uh, the wilderness is a season of character development. Now, we can see that all throughout the book of Exodus, that literally God was trying to develop them to be able to trust him, to be able to have the character that would match the season in which they were walking into, that would match them being able to walk into what we look at as the promised land. That they wouldn't go into the promised land un underdeveloped and make the promised land an idol. So this is what we talked about. Then the next week, Angie came and she delivered a message uh, that was that was actually uh, uh, really profound about God's love, that she looked at God's love from a perspective, from a space that we all need to be reminded about. Because as we go throughout these seasons, we can tend to look at them in the wrong way and then feel as if God doesn't love us the same way he did before he knew us. And so she talked about God's love and she explained it. And what was on my heart as I came into this week was something totally different. Uh, that I wanted to talk about from First and Second Samuel, um, but this, as I went back and started reading Exodus again, uh, the last couple of days, I seen something in the text that I feel like is super important to address if we are going to handle these seasons correctly and get everything out of them and avoid things in which they did that kept them there, but also kept them out of what God was trying to do for them. And so if we think about this text, we started in, in, in Exodus chapter 16, but if we take a couple of steps backward, we start, this really starts in Exodus 13, when the children of Israel are being delivered outside of uh, Egyptian slavery. So they're being taken from that place, led by Moses to the mountain of Sinai. Because really, we understand that they came out not to go to the not to go to the promised land, but they came out of Egyptian slavery to go to worship God. This is what Moses tells Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can go worship. And so Moses leads them out. They go to uh, uh, an encounter at the Red Sea where God miraculously uh, allows water to flow up on both sides so that they can walk through a dry land to get on the other side of the Red Sea. This happens, and then uh, uh, Pharaoh and his army come and try to come and capture uh, the the uh, the same people which God delivered from them to take them back to to slavery. And God causes what uh, they walk through for their enemy to drown in. So right after this happens, they see this. They're looking at this. Right after their enemy is drowned. The same water that was up on both sides comes back down, drowns their enemy. They right after go, and for at least more than half of the next chapter, in chapter 14 and chapter 15, they are singing a song of deliverance. They are praising and worshiping God. Everybody is. Moses and all of the, the children of Israel are literally worshiping God. At the end of chapter 15, they run into another situation where they come to a space where they are thirsty and they're looking for water and they come to a body of water, which is the water, uh, which is in Mara, and this water is bitter. And they start a cycle of something that I want us to take a look at that if we avoid and we do, it could be our downfall. It could be the reason why we live a life that we are unpleasant with that we don't like that we uh, uh most of the time are talking to others about wondering why 
in at the end of chapter 15, they get to a place after seeing God deliver them, after seeing God bring plagues on Pharaoh, after seeing God make their enemy give them all of their possessions as they're leaving uh, slavery, and then seeing their, 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 their enemies die in front of their face, being drowned by the same water they walked in, they get to a body of water that does not taste good, and they begin to complain. They begin to say, Moses, why would you bring us here? You wanted to have us die in this wilderness. You brought us out of, out of Egyptian slavery. After they just seen all the stuff that happened, and they just went all through this 430 years, they let water make them complain, not to Moses, not about Moses, but about God. They complain, God is still faithful allows Moses to take a piece of wood, throw it in the water to bring the water to a healthy state to where they can drink the water. God shows faithful again. And right at the end of 15, he tells them, listen, if you would just obey me, if you would just do what I'm telling you to do, I will heal you. Then we get to chapter 16, where we just read. They come from this spot in Morrow where they just complained and now they, God is faithful. Give them water to drink. They get to chapter 16 and this is what happens. This is what it says. It says, the, then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the fifth, uh, on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel, let me go back, there too. So again, there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. So before we go any further, it's a trap. Literally complaining is a trap. And we're going to get into it, why it's a trap, but it's a trap. And so I want to pause right here and I want some participation. If I ask you the question, what is complaining? What do you say? What, what would you say? What is complaining? Who wants to come off me? Who wants to throw it in the chat? What is complaining? What's um, com I would say to me, complaining is talking about or festering on things that you don't have or that God doesn't do for you. And always sitting in that in that same spot, like, oh, God didn't allow this to happen. Or I asked for this and I didn't get that. So just, you know, consistently saying things that you don't have for sure being discontent 110 percent. and hey Arlisha, how you doing i ain't seen hey, you a long time Sis, i know i know speaking. don't do that don't do that <laughs> i'm back don't do that <laughs> ain't nothing change no but uh uh anybody else what's complaining talk to me we got some time i'll second what she said that it can stem from being ungrateful Mm-hmm. Anybody else? What's complaining? I would say speaking negatively over your situation. Anybody else? I love it, Ray. What anybody else? What's complaining? One more person. Lack of gratitude. I knew I knew evangelist was coming off mute. Lack of gratitude. I love it. That's 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 good. And so look, this is what I want to give you. What is complaining? So complaining also uh, in the Bible and also just um, in Hebrew and Greek, if you look at the word, it's also paired with murmuring or grumbling. 
So if you see mummering or, gr or grumbling, it's complaining. And so when you, when you define it, you can define it in a couple of different ways, but this is the two definitions that I loved when I looked this up. So it can be defined as finding fault or placing blame. The second thing I like, I, I got this one from Webster Dictionary. Um, and it, it says making formal accusations or charge. So finding fault or placing blame or, com or, or complaining can also be seen as making formal accusations or charge. And I want to make this known because this can be tricky. I think it's a fine line between telling the truth, being honest and complaining. All right. And so uh, um, it's one thing to share truth and confront a matter or an issue, but it's a whole nother thing to sit back and complain and murmur and, grum uh, and grumble about people or the thing that's going on or the season that you're in or I'm in. So the question is, are you actually confronting the matter? Are you telling the truth? Are you actually looking for an answer or are you just making accusations and place, placing blame through hate talk and or so talking from an uncontrolled or, an, or unhealthy emotions? It's one thing for me to be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. You know, this is what I'm seeing. God, I'm just wondering, like, is this what this is? That's one thing. It's a whole nother thing. To just all you want to do, you're not even looking for an answer. Like you don't even want to fix the problem. You're not even trying to really, really handle the situation. You don't even really care about what happened next. You really just want to, out of out of out of unhealthy emotions, out of out of just hate talk. You just want to talk about the situation and make yourself either feel good about it or make others feel bad about what's going on. This is complaining. And so I also want to say this. So it's actually also it's a heart posture and it's an action because this is the tricky part about complaining. You don't have to say nothing to complain. You, you don't have to, like, spew it out to complain. You complain you can complain in your heart. And it's just as dangerous to complain by saying it as it is to complain in your heart. They're both lethal. And so it's a heart posture that shows up sometimes in your action. But it doesn't always show up in your action. And you can still be complaining. And that's the thing in which I really feel God is even bringing to my attention through this season I'm in. Because in order for you to be prepared, in order for you to take control of the season, that you're in, in order for you to get everything out of wherever you are at. You may not be in a wilderness season. I don't know what season you're in, but whatever season you're in, complaining will be the thing in which literally destroys everything that you are trying or thinking that you should get, that you should be able to get to next. Because you can't complain and be grateful at the same time about the same thing. You can't complain and see things in God's eyes. Because God don't like complaining. And I'm going to show us that in the text. Complaining is so dangerous. But I think that because we don't talk about it, we do it and we like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, it's just me venting. No, you're complaining. Venting and complaining are two different things. And so I really wanted to talk about that. I want to give us this as well. And so 
It's a verse in, in Philippians chapter two, verses 14 and 15. It says this, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Now, why would Paul start this off by saying, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you and then go to talking about living clean lives and living lives that are pleasing to God? Because there's no way that you can, that you can live a life complaining and arguing all the time and also live in the light and be the light of Christ. There's no way you can live in a life where, where in the world they're going to complain, they're going to argue. These are things in which it happens all the time in the world. And if we get caught up in the same thing, complaining and arguing about everything, how are we going to live, look differently, live clean lives that show Christ? It can't happen. And that's why complaining is so dangerous because you could do all the other things in your private time, take all the, the notes in the scriptures, do all the different things, spend all your time with the Lord, listen to all your worship music. We can do all of that stuff and leave there and go complain and argue all day and wonder why we not we don't look like light. We're not being light. We, our lives aren't clean. And so it's super important. And I really just want to talk about it for a little longer and then I'm, and then I'm going to get off of here. And so let's look at the text. And so let's be reminded, these people have just left from being delivered from 430 years of, of Egyptian slavery. God knows they're not prepared to go to the promised land right away. So he says, I'm not going to take you the short route. I got to take you the long route. You don't know really why, but I got to take you this long route. It's more beneficial for you. He brings them to the Red Sea, parts waters, lets them walk on dry land, and then drowns their enemy to then bring them to a, a test. Will you trust me when you get in front of a situation that I just parted? I just parted water back there. I made it stand up on both sides. So when you get to a space where you actually need me to provide again, you need me to work another miracle, are you going to have faith and trust and believe that I can do it again? Or will this show you and me where you're really at? They get to Mara, Mara, bitter water. That's what it literally means. It means bitter. They get to this water. It's nasty. And they start complaining. Because this is the thing. Seasons, situations, circumstances all they do is they show you where you're really at. So this is a test that God uses to, to not just tell, not to just do something bad to us, but to show us where we are. Because you can never, you can never progress. You can never gain character. You can never get better if you don't know where you're going to start at. If you don't know who you really are, if you don't know what you really are dealing with, if you don't know what your real problems are. So God reveals this at Mara. Y'all are some complainers even though you just seen me do what I did. I just made water stand up. Think about that. I just made water stand up on both sides and you walk through something dry that every other day is filled with water. Think about that. They, the Bible says they walked on dry land. Even when you part water, like even if you clean up a space that's been filled with water, 
if it has if it has like a, a dirt, it's gonna be muddy. But God even dries the land so they can walk on it on dry land. And then brings the water back and drowns their enemy. The next thing that happens is they get to some water that is bitter. And they don't remember that he just parted it. Why? Because you can't, complaining hinders you from being able to remember the goodness of God. You only complain because you've gotten within yourself and you don't believe that what you got in, what you're in front of now can change. You don't believe that what you see now, God can do something about. You don't even give God time to be God when we complain. Remember, complaining can be seen as making accusations. I come up with a, 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 a I come up with the end all be all from how I see it not from how I see God. So I complain about it, which is showing God, not the people in front of me. It's my thoughts about God without me having to verbalize my actual thoughts. And we're going to see that in the text as well. Right after this situation, God is still faithful. Listen, can we pause? We just need to just sit back a little bit and just be grateful and thankful that we serve a God that's still faithful, even when we're complainers. That God still gave them clean water to drink. Because if it was me and you, let's be honest, we'd have been like, well, if you're going to complain, just drink the bitter water then. If you want to complain, you don't think I can help you out, just go and drink the bitter water. But God being God, he was still faithful in the face of some people that he just did so much for that they didn't even never deserve. So we get to this text. And Moses says, we get to another place where God gives you another test. You hungry. And you start complaining again. This is what they say. Verse three, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we have set around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now we, you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Wait a minute. They've complained so much. They've started in... Uh, uh, from last chapter, we see, they probably were doing this before, but we really see it last chapter, they start complaining. They bring complaining into this next chapter. And now they are they are to the point where they, they think that because I have an issue, because I have a need, even though God has been provided, because I have a need, I would rather die in the past season in Egyptian slavery than to experience God's deliverance out of it. See, all God did because I'm hungry. We have to be careful that in the season that we're in, however God is preparing you for what's next, 
Because whatever whatever season you're in, God didn't bring you out of the last one to, so that you could stay in this one for the rest of your life. There's going to be some type of transition. Something's going to change. He wants to do something more. So there's always some progression. There's always some things that he wants to do in you and I. So we have to be careful that we don't allow complaining to not just make us forget what God had just did, but cause us to revert back to a season where we were also crying out to God to deliver us. And because we're in a season now where we, where we need something else, we want to revert back to go back to a place that was way worse than where we're at now. That's what complaining does. Complaining makes you think that last season was better than this season because this season just, just came up with one test. Even though that test doesn't even have to be as hard as the last one, it's just another test. Think about it. They would rather go back to 430 years of slavery and die there than to deal with a little stomach, a little stomach ache because you're hungry. Let me just pause right there. Just think about that. So the question to us would be, what are we complaining about? Trying to revert back to the past because a because one, one little piece of the past felt better than the little piece that I'm dealing with right now. The whole, the whole 430 years wasn't better than the little hunger that you are now. They took a piece. Well, we used to be able to sit around a pot full of meat and have all the meat and bread that we wanted. They took a little piece from the past and said, I would rather go back there and die in that than to deal with just being a little hungry in freedom. That's what complaining does. So look, they say, hey, this is what we used to be able to do. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going, I'm going to still be faithful. I'm going to rain down food from heaven each day. The people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for, for that day. I'm going to still provide. Even though they're complaining, they even think that they should have died back there, even though I did all that I did so that they can actually be free. they rather die there, but I'm going to still provide because I'm God and I'm a loving father, as much as food as they need for that day. I will test them in this way to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare to eat it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him. I want to pause right there. That's one of the biggest things that hit me. That although we think complaining is just about the thing, most of our complaining, if we get to the root of it, is something that we'll take back to God. If we're complaining about the about the job, that means I'm being ungrateful about what God provided for me to be able to live and do the things in which he's called me to do in this season. If I complain about uh, uh, my spouse, that means that I'm complaining about the one that I said once before that God provided me to be able to do life with. If I'm complaining about whatever it is, Because usually before, whatever we got, whatever God blesses with, whatever we're blessed with, 
we we the first ones to go tagging on Instagram, tagging on Twitter. God didn't bless me. God didn't came through. Look at God's faithfulness. And then when something happens, we complain about it. But I thought God provided that. If he provided that, then you complained about what he provided. And so Moses says, listen, you're complaining, but what the little that you know, you don't even know that you're telling us about your complaints, but you're really complaining about God. And God has heard your complaints. God hears our complaints. And I want to challenge us that we allow God to hear our thankfulness and our gratefulness more than he hears our complaints. Are you going to get caught complaining sometimes? Yes. But we have to be cautioned of how complaint, how dangerous complaining is. Because it shows us how ungrateful and how unthankful we are as well. It ruins the ability for us to remember. You cannot remember God's goodness and complain at the same time about the same thing. So which leads to you not being able to praise and worship him because you're praising and you're worshiping him from what you remember. What you know about the God that you are praising and worshiping. If you're complaining all the time, which becomes a pattern, which becomes addictive because it feeds you, it feeds, it feeds your, 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 your soul, it feeds your flesh to make you feel good about what's going on, feel better about it which leads you to not be able to really praise and worship like you used to before because of all the complaining. So this is what Moses says. He says, each day, oh, I'm sorry, it says in, in, in seven, in the morning you'll see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have you done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the morning. And bread to satisfy you, I mean, uh, meat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all your complaints against us. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce to the entire community of Israel, present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. I didn't even see this in the text, and Angie mentioned this last night. Look how many times Moses uh, uh, communicated and repeated that complaining was against the Lord. He repeats this four times. Four times he, 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 he repeats, you're complaining and it's against the Lord. You're complaining and it's against the Lord. You're complaining and it's against the Lord. You're not complaining about us. You're telling us, but it ain't about us. It's about the Lord. So this is my question to us that I want us to just sit back for a second. Who are you really complaining about? Who are we com really complaining about? Is our complaints really towards the one, the people, the thing in which it's really about? Or at the foundation of it, are we really complaining to the Lord? Because remember, no matter who you say you're complaining about, no matter what you're saying you're complaining about, 
you can always draw it back to what God did or has done for you. And if you're complaining, you can't remember that. You cannot remember God's goodness. You can't remember his faithfulness if you're complaining about the very season he has you in. You can't do both at the same time. And so Moses repeats after and continues to repeat. I know you're complaining. And you probably don't even think that you're complaining to the one that you are complaining to. And I really believe as I read this, and I just look all throughout the book of Exodus and Numbers, that complaining was one of the biggest downfalls for the children of Israel. I know there was so much they did. But a lot of it came from complaining. I just thought about this. They only made a calf because they were complaining. They created an idol because they were complaining. What was their complaint? This dude Moses has been up there for too long. Ain't no telling what he up there doing. He been up there way too long. So since he ain't want to come down, he want to do whatever he's doing up there. And they just seen him go up there to talk to the Lord. They just seen him do this. But since he up there, since he up there doing what he's doing, Aaron, go and make us a calf. Make us a God. The root of a lot of what went on in their life, which led to their demise, was complaining. And I just had to come and make us aware of how lethal complaining is because I really feel like it's a trick of the enemy. I'm not saying that the devil always is the one that caused you to do it. Now it could be just me and you, our flesh. But I really do believe that's a trick of the enemy to make you complain about the very thing that you know God can do something about. That you know God can change in a snap. That you know God can use for your good. We quote all these verses. But I really feel like complaining is a trick of the enemy because he knows complaining will take you away from everything that you would have been thinking about, everything that you would have been focusing on, everything that you would have been able to uh, pursue through if you complain about it. So let me get to, to, to the last point. So uh, to the last uh, uh, parts in here. And so... Um, as, as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out towards the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord, which, which Moses had just told them, you'll see the glory of the Lord tomorrow. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Even though you're complaining, even though you're doing all this, I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to be uh, uh, loving to you that I'm going to still allow for you to see me because in hopes that when you see me do it this time, you won't continue to complain. You'll see that I am really the Lord your God. The God that created all things is so patient with us that he'll say, you know what? I know you complain about me. This ain't about Moses and Aaron. This is about me. But I'm going to still show you my glory. I'm going to still show you me so that you can get a revelation of me so you don't have to complain about nothing else. But this is what happens. 
He says, that evening, vast numbers of quail flew in, covered the camp, and next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as a, a frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? Which is actually the meaning of what manna really means in the Hebrew. Then they asked each other. They had no idea what it was. Pause. Complaining will also lead you to not be able to intake the miracle in which God has done. They asked for meat and bread. In Egypt, they had to go kill for the meat and then make the bread. They get to this situation, they're complaining God is still faithful. He shows them his glory, and then he provides quail that falls all around the camp. And then they see a substance coming down from heaven that they don't understand what it really is. It's a flaky substance. They pull up on it, and they're like, what is this? I have no idea what that is. And this is what I want to show us that's gonna that's gonna that's in the text as well. They can't be grateful for what it is. And I truly believe because that's they've been complaining about everything. Because again, complaining will drown out your ability to be grateful. A miracle has happened. God has provided meat and bread. Bread, you don't know what that bread is because you ain't never seen that bread before. It came from heaven. It didn't come from you in the uh, uh, in the kitchen putting it together. It came from heaven. And you weren't able to enjoy bread from heaven because of all the complaining you've been doing. So my question is, what miracle aren't we able to enjoy because of all the complaining that was done? What thing has God continued to do? And you can see this all throughout their life. They at one point said, we don't even want no more manna. We tired of this. Why? You can never enjoy something that you can, that when, when you have a life, when you have a track record of being a complainer. It, it hinders you from being able to enjoy even the things in which you don't even understand how it happened, which is a miracle. That's what complaining does. It leaves you to have to be ungrateful, to have to have to boil down a miracle that other people would have been running around crazy, crying about what God just did. Let's keep reading. And Moses told him, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. They gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. Those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it, what it needed. Then Moses told him, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them did not listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. 
After this, the people gathered their food, uh, gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. As the sun came, became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the day is the but the seventh day is a Sabbath. There will be no food on the on that ground. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must stay each day in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So it's something I want to point out before I give you these five points and we get out of here. So there's two principles that we see in this text that the Israelites can't grab a hold of because of their complaints, because of how much they're complaining. Again, remember, complaining makes you not even be able to analyze, be grateful for what is going on. The first principle that God gives is the fact that he'll provide. He'll provide. He provided the meat and the bread for them to be able to enjoy. To feed the place in which is empty. But a history of complaining keeps you from being able to even enjoy it. To even believe and trust that God will provide for the next day. That's why you would try to keep more to hold for the next day because you're unsure if he'll provide on that next day. Even though the instruction was go and get as much as you need, eat it all. Don't save none because it's not going to be good for the next day. But complaining will make you not trust God that he'll provide for the next day. So you'll try to keep a little leftover from what he gave you the first day. He shows them a principle that, hey, I'll provide each and every day. But if you complain, if you have a track record, track record of complaining, it'll lead you not to, not to trust. Think about it. If you complain about your job every day, every day you complain about your boss, it will lead you to a place where you don't, you get to the point where you don't even trust that job no more. You don't even trust that they're going to provide, that they're going to really give you what you need, that you're going to really be able to have purpose there, that you're going to really be able to work and do what God has called you to do. You will say that God brought you to that job, but if you have a history of complaining, if you're a complainer, you'll get to the point where you don't even trust that no more. And you'll uproot from your... Uproot yourself from a place that you did call before a place that God brought you because of complaining. 
So they keep what God provided the first day for the next day because of lack of trust and faith that God will do it again. Even though he showed them this principle that, listen, the instruction is, if you just get what you need to get, I'm going to keep providing, you're going to keep eating. The second principle. The second principle that aligns also with the first one is he showed them the principle of the Sabbath. Of the Sabbath. He said, listen, on the sixth day, get a double portion. Because on the seventh day, I'm going to provide enough for the sixth so you can rest on the seventh. Don't go out there for no food on the seventh because I need you to rest. It's a gift. You've been working 430 years, seven days a week. I'm trying to put a principle in line to where you only work six and you off on the seven. They couldn't trust this principle that not only God explained, but Moses, Moses explains. Because again, complaining leads you to a path of you can't trust and have faith in the God in which has showed you how faithful he is and how much you can trust him. So they go out to search for food on the seventh, even though they had enough on the sixth for two days. And it didn't spoil like it did when God told you don't get to on the first, second, third, and fourth day and fifth day. It goes back to complaining. You can't accept the principles and actually live the life that God called you to live if you're a complainer. You can't look at God at that life from God's perspective if you're going to complain. Now I want to give us five things and I want I want to I want to get out of here. So five things that I want us to take with us. All right, and so this this list isn't everything, but it's just five things that I feel like I see in the text and I see all throughout their life that we need to hold on to as we go throughout our seasons. These are the five things. For one, complaining distracts you. Complaining is a distraction. One thing that we can see in this text that it distracts them from, one of the main things is it distracts them from being able to get the real purpose of the season that they were in and fulfill that purpose. They weren't able to get intimate. They weren't able to, to be healed and restored. They weren't able to have character development. Even though that all was in the season, God had provided a route and a way to get all of that done. But they missed that purpose because they complained about everything that was going to bring about intimacy, that was going to bring about healing and restoration, that was going to bring about character development. So what complaining in our lives is making void the ability to get even more intimate with God. To be able to be healed and restored of some things that you brought from the last season. And also, that will literally be the thing that defines, that defines and reconstructs your character to match the character of Christ. How many situations and circumstances are we complaining about that really is supposed to hit one of those three things, if not all of them? Supposed to bring us into more intimacy, intimacy with God? Because this is the thing. All the things in which will lead you to complain about them all those things are still going to happen. It's just how do you handle it? 
Do you do what the Bible says? Bring it to him. Bring all your burdens. Cast all your cares. Do you pray about it? Do you have trust and faith about it? Do you get perspective from God on how to handle the situation? Or do you just complain about it? If you complain about it, complaining will distract you from getting everything out of the season that you're supposed to get out of it, that God intended for you to get out of it to prepare you for what's next. The second thing is complaining blinds you. We see a couple of things it blinds them from in this text. It blinds them from being able to be grateful. It also blinds them from being able to see God as the God that he was and still is. Moses seeing God totally different than what the children of Israel seen him as, but they both were walking all together. The children of Israel were walking all together and Moses was walking with them. He was leading them. And Moses was able to see God in a way that God wanted also the children of Israel to be able to see them. That's why he brought them to Mount Sinai to worship the same place in which Moses had the encounter with God at. But they missed seeing God in a way that God wanted them, wanted them to see him because they complained about everything. It blinded them from being able to see the God in which they cried out to, to deliver them from slavery. It blinded them from being able to be grateful and be thankful about what God was doing and what he has done. And if complaining blinds you from being grateful, it blinds you from having the ability to have evidence of who your God is. Gratefulness does nothing but reminds you and gives you the ability to be reminded about who your God is and what he can still do. Gratitude yields you to have evidence of how good God is. But if complaining blinds you from being having gratitude, then it also takes you from being able to be reminded about what God can still do in the situation that you're in and what he did before. Think about it. They, were, they weren't able to be grateful and show gratitude about what God did by delivering them from all these Egyptian folks that they complained about some bitter water. They complained about not getting a meal at 8 p.m. like they did in Egypt because of complaining. It blinds you. The third thing is complaining keeps you. But it keeps you two things that I see in the text that aren't so that aren't so pleasant. It keeps you stuck. And it keeps you out sometimes. So let me let me give you the text for this. And so for one, it kept them stuck in the wilderness longer than what God intended for them to be able to intended for them to travel through and get to the place that he was calling them to go to. They were stuck in the wilderness for long years, 40 years, when he never even told them, then that's how long you got to be here. But complaining will keep you stuck in a place because there's no way for you to be able to be able to be taken to a place 
in the image and the way in which God had called has called you to be able to get there in if you're complaining about the things in which it's going to get you to make to be the person that he needs you to be to be in the next place. That's his grace to let you stay there longer. Because if he does not let you stay there longer and doesn't allow for you to stay in the wilderness longer to get what he needs you to get, you'll get to the place and destroy and mess up the place that he prepared for you. So it gets you stuck. But in Numbers chapter 14, and I'm going to turn there and read it real quick. Numbers chapter 14, uh, verses 26 and 27. This is what it says. It says, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will not do to you the very things I heard. No, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older that was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb and Joshua. Why aren't you able to inhabit and occupy? Because you have been complaining about me. Your complaints have led you to not be able to go in what I promised. Not because I don't want to take you there, but I can't take you into a place that I promised you and you're unprepared. You're not, you didn't take this season how I wanted you to take it. It's not that I don't want you to go there, but you chosen to complain about me, even though I've been faithful and been and showing you my love all throughout from Exodus to Leviticus to Numbers. And that's the most scariest part about this is I would hate for complaining to keep you or me out of a place in which God wants to take us. And somebody else, my descendants has to walk in a place that I was built to go in, but I kept myself out of simply because of complaining. The fourth thing, complaining displeases God. That's a strong one, but it does. Complaining displeases God. Numbers 11. Numbers 11, verses 1. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of them in the outskirts of the camp. Can anybody tell me what pleases God? Can anybody tell me what pleases God? Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. And Ariel, I love it, faith. There's no way you can complain and have faith at the same time in the same thing. Complaining says you're discontent. 
you feel like you should have something that you don't have. So if that's how you feel, there's no way you can feel that God, that God is faithful and can do those things. Because if you did, you wouldn't have to complain. The last one, and we're going to be done, complaining separates you. Now, watch the wording. Why does complaining separate you? Because if I'm honest with you, complaining can be said as a sin. As a hard one, but it can be put as a sin. James... Let me go to it. James. Pull it up. James five, five and nine. Do not grumble against one another, brother, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So do not grumble, do not complain against one another, lest you be judged. Yes, lest you be condemned because the judge is standing at the door. James also says, Whatever you do that you know that you aren't to do, you aren't to do is a sin. We know how complaining hinders us. We know how complaining traps us. We know that complaining means that we're speaking not faith, but we're speaking hate speech. We're speaking uncontrolled. We're speaking unhealthy emotions. We're speaking against the Lord, which can't is not pleasing to Him. So we know we ought, we ought not to do it. And if we do, and we know we ought not to do it, that's sin. Sin can be seen as defined as missing the mark. To miss the mark means to do things outside of what God or how God intended it to be done. God never intended us to speak against him. He he intended us to have faith in him. So complaining can be seen as a sin. Sin separates us. God doesn't separate himself from us, but sin will separate us. And so let's pray, and I'm going to turn it back over to Angie. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, first and foremost, for just your word. God, I thank you for just the revelation of, of, of what could do so much damage that we don't talk about often, that literally, if I'm honest, we all do. So God, I just want to first and foremost ask you, forgive me, forgive us for the complaining that we have done that shows us how much more we need to draw closer to you, how much more we need to be reminded of your love for us, how much more we need to be reminded of your faithfulness for us. And God, let us not take for granted your faithfulness by being complainers. 
Because God, we know complaining will lead us to not be able to be grateful, not be able to see what you're doing in the, in the way that you want us to see it. That will make manna be irrelevant. We'll get tired of you being faithful and providing for us and complain about it. And so, God, I pray that you just allow for us to have a revelation. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to our hearts, that you show us us, and that you allow for us to get a revelation of who you are so that we would have nothing to complain about. And God, I just come against the enemy and all his devices and the things he's even speak, trying to speak and trying to fill our heads with right now to make it, make it seem like this isn't serious. And God, I just pray that you just give us the, the, the desire, the want to, to not complain about it, but bring it to you. Not complain about it, but confess how we feel to you. Knowing that you are a God that wants us to come to you, that wants us to talk to you, that wants us to tell you the truth of how we feel and not just complain about what it's doing and how it makes us feel and where we're at. Help us not have false accusations about what you want to tell us about anyway, what you want to already explain to us if we would just come and ask. So, God, I just thank you, God. I pray for over all of us, God, and I'm praying that you would just allow for us to take in your word and truly live from it, knowing that it is what's going to allow for us to become and be the church that you intended. God, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, I want to give two calls really quick. And so first and foremost, I want to give a call uh, for salvation. If, if you haven't ever given Christ your life, complaining is, is at this point something that's important. But without giving your life to him, you would never even know or be able to have the desire to even want to know why you shouldn't complain about the God that created you. And so if you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you the opportunity that Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ died and, and God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And so if that's you, I want to definitely give you that opportunity to put a one in the chat. And what we want to do is celebrate with you. We want to allow for you to walk into this family, but also know that God loves you and that they are celebrating you in heaven as well. And so if that's you, put a one in the chat. I also want to give a second call for all of us that, that if we need to repent, if we need to actually take in and actually sit with the fact that, man, we've complained and realize what it's done to us. And I want to give us that opportunity to be able to just repent. And I want to, I want uh, Angie to pray for all of us um, as we do so. And if you want to repent, if you want to uh, do that, just put a two in the chat. All right. And so, um, I'll pause real quick and I'll, and I'll definitely uh, let us answer. All right. And so I'm a two as well. I had to already repent because I'm like, man, this is dangerous. All right. And so um, I will pass to Angie and she'll pray for us and then we'll go into a discussion. All right, I'm a two as well.